Um, really, the Lord, uh, if, if you were here a couple months ago, um, I just spoke a word on uh, the power of expectation. The Lord just kind of take me on this nice little kind of little series of sorts, um, just really just dismantling some things in our life that really keep us from being the, the, the man and the woman of God, the, the son and the daughter of God that we're really called out to be. And one of the things that can really hinder that is this word comparison. And the Lord just said, um, you know, it's funny, last, you know, if you were here for the flesh patterns, you know, it gets kind of spoken in flesh patterns, and we also teach about it at the encounters and things like that, but the Lord said, hey, you need to spend, you need to spend a whole morning on it, just that. And um, so I, I really wanted to uh, just ask the Lord to really just make some, give us wisdom in this area. Because I started realizing in my own life, I was like, it's just amazing, just little little areas of comparison and how it affected me. And I'm like, that's, that's crazy. Um, look at the, the first this first verse. And this is kind of the key verse. We, you've heard this verse if you've been around dwelling place. Rick has used it a lot. Um, but I just want to highlight it again. Second uh, Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. For we are not bold to compare or, com- or class ourselves with some of those who commend themselves. But when they measure themselves by themselves, and compare themselves with themselves, something happens. It creates an environment. It changes some dynamics of your life. And what is it? It says they are without understanding. You know, a lot of times it's funny how we always cry out for wisdom. I mean, and you all do that on a daily basis? <laughs> I'm like, Lord, give me some, please give me wisdom. Well, what's an area that can take away wisdom? Comparing myself either with myself or comparing myself with others. We're going to be talking about that today. But we will not boast or we will not make our way outside of the what? Sphere which God apportioned to us as a measure. I'm going to get Leah to choose. She was a Rick's. It was kind of neat. She drew for Rick. So I was like, hey. Yeah, she's going to draw for me, because if I had to make a circle up there, it would be ugly. It was like Rick's octopus. Who saw Rick's octopus today, yesterday? Sorry. He's sat on the front row. This is getting. I'm getting it back for you, Burby. Rick, Rick always picks on Burby, so I'll pick, I'll pick on Rick a little bit. All right. So, so the Lord says in this scripture, but we will not boast beyond our measure, but within the sphere that God has apportioned to us. All right? And so if this is Mitch's sphere, if this is the sphere, can you all see that over there? All right, if this is Mitch's sphere, what happens when I go right here? Is this a portion to me? Is, is this a portion to me? Is this a portion to me? No. This is a portion to me. All right? And so what, 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 would be, what would be Satan's big, gigantic plan for me, for my life? To get me where? Out of the sphere. How do you get out of the sphere? Well, we're talking about it, right? Comparing, measuring yourself, comparing yourself outside of the sphere of, of, of your life and of the ministry. Can you take a little bit out of it? I feel like I'm going to be yelling. So that's, that's one of the inning's uh, main goals is to do that. Um, and the reality is, is, what is, what else is out here from the first part of that verse? What else is, when I step outside right here, what, what, what comes with that? A lack of understanding, right? And so, what, and, and so many times I see us walking as a body or us walking as individuals kind of going, God, I, don't, I need wisdom. I don't know where I'm at. What am I doing? Well, maybe this will be a little flag to say, am I comparing or classifying myself with somebody else or am I trying to figure out somebody else's ministry to, to, to look like or be like or should I, should I you know, strive to be this way or that way? And we're going we're gonna to talk about what, when we walk in comparison. There's about six different things the Lord just really highlighted. That's uh, me in comparison. So we're going to keep walking down through that. Uh, walking in comparison. All right, what happens when that happens? 
first one is just, Lord, just, I feel like, I feel like I speak on David and Goliath a lot. It's kind of like that, you know, you learn every, everything you've learned, I learned in kindergarten. I feel like I keep going back to the scripture, so maybe everything I'm learning, I'm learning through David and Goliath and, and that story. And the Lord just took me back to 1 Samuel 17, 24 and 25. Just causes us to walk in fear. Y'all know this, y'all know the, the background of this, you know, the, the, the armies of the Philistines, the armies of Israel are lined up on opposite sides of the hill. This champion of theirs comes out. You know, they say, well, we'll just fight this out one one to one. If you if you guys win, we'll be your slaves. If we win, you'll be our slaves. All right? That sounds, it probably sounded good until they, you know, picked their champion. All of a sudden, Goliath comes out, right? And so, oh, okay, well, wait a second. That doesn't sound like such a good idea. Um, and you know the, the way it describes him. He's carrying around 200 pounds of armor. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm less than 200 pounds. I can't carry that amount of armor around. So, I mean, he's he's got a spear and a, a, a javelin, and got a shield bearer out in front of him. You know, so you know the, you know the story. But look, look what he says. What happens when all of a sudden we're facing that issue? Because we face it on a daily basis. We might not face, you know, Philistine or Philistines. We might not face them. But we face giants every day. We face battles every day. So what happens when I start walking in, even this level of comparison? Watch what happens. When all the men of Israel saw the man, they did what? They fled from him and were greatly afraid. Now, these were guys were, I mean, they were deemed men of war, right? I mean, these weren't just... Me going out there who has no ability to even pick up a gun. I don't even like shooting deer. So the reality is that, I mean, that's not going to work for me. You know? The reality is these are men of war, right? But they, all of a sudden they're afraid. The men of Israel says, have you seen this man who is coming out? What are they doing? What are they walking in this place of evaluating their ability versus Goliath's ability, right? And every time we get in that place, we're going to start, they're going to go fearing. Now, the reality is, is that, I mean, even when I get up here, there's some intrepidation sometimes, or there's some, you know, there's some anxiety. But the reality is, is that God has, had called them to overcome. God had called them to win this battle. The problem is, is that they're what? Evaluating it on a fleshly basis. Evaluating it on a physical, one-to-one basis. Even Saul, who was probably one of the bigger ones of the group, and the king, uh, he was probably, you know, he's hiding behind everybody as well. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get that symptom. And, and this is the, the next scripture is kind of one that we've talked about before. kind of leads to the grasshopper syndrome. Um, you remember the guys that went, the spies that went into the land? You know, they were supposed to spy it out to see how they could overcome it. But the, I don't think God ever intended them, because God sent them in. I don't think God ever intended them to come back with a negative report. God intended them to go see what was in the land, come back and report so that they knew how to go what? Take the land, right? Unfortunately, when they got there, 10 of them started looking at what? The physical physical uh, ability to match up with the people in that land. And thus, thus they came back with this report. We went in the land where you sent us, and it certainly does have milk with flowing honey. Milk and honey. So that should have already given you an aspect that God had already told them what was going to be there. Check that was there, uh, and this and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, anytime you use nevertheless, that's probably not a. That's probably not. You're you're already trying to backtrack. Nevertheless, the people who lived in that land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Or Anak. Amalek is living in the land of the Najib and the Hittites and the Jebusites and all the Ites. All the Zites are living in the hill country, and the, and the Morites are living by the sea in the side, side of the Jordan. So what did they have? They, they had their sights on all the Ites, you know, all the, the masses of people that they had, that were going to have to overcome. Right? And some of it was probably because they're like, I, I don't know if I really want to fight this battle. That's a lot of battles to face. There's a lot of battles to face. Sometimes we get to that place in our lives. We're like, it's just too much to battle. I'm just going to give in the comparison and retreat. Um, 
Awesome what Caleb does. Caleb quiets the crowd, and then he says what? We should by all means go up and take possession of it. We will surely overcome it. Now, was, was he, so what was he focused on? Because he saw, did he see the same thing? He was, he was amongst the 12, right? I mean, he didn't go out and spy another land. I mean, this was the same land, the same tw- uh, one of the 12, and all of a sudden he comes back with a different report. Well, how does he do that? Well, how, how did he even get there? Because he wasn't comparing. He wasn't classifying himself according to the people. He was classifying and comparing himself in relationship to how big his what? God was. Go on to the next one. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against these people. They're too strong. So they gave out the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. The land through which we had gone and spying it has a land that devours its inhabitants. I mean, how do they know that? I mean, how do they know that? How do they know it devoured its inhabitants? I think they just started making it up in their mind. And all the people whom we saw were men of great size. And, you know, that's fact, truth. They were the Nephilim, probably part of what, who Goliath was a part of. The sons of Anog are part of the Nephilim. And, then we, and this and it makes this statement. We became like grasshoppers where? Where is the important part? Where is it? Their sight? Our sight. We became like grasshoppers in our heart. We compared so much to their situation that we became what grasshoppers were in our sight not theirs unfortunately when we become grasshoppers in our own sight then what what does the enemy look like i mean the enemy just jesus is what we are grasshoppers and uh of course you know the rest of the story they uh, they didn't go take that land they spent some time out in the wilderness and, and they all died out and so there's a it's important that we get around this whole comparison thing because it can cause death i mean it can cause us dying spiritually inside it causes us i've also thought about you know if this is kind of the sphere of you know because we we have to within our sphere is ourselves right i mean (laughs) i I don't really i don't understand how you would get outside of sphere that you don't have to be in right you're in that but the other part of it i think the enemy tries to get us either out here or so here Wrapped up to where this is where we need to be living out in these, out in these, out in the depths of who God is, out in the atmosphere. And those two places that the enemy will try to take us. So, so he takes us to this place where we're grasshoppers in our own sight. That's what comparison will do. Let's go on. Causes us to walk in jealousy. You know, First Samuel 17. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him, saying, "What will man do for the?" What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine? We're going back to David and Goliath again. And takes away the reproach from Israel. David knew what was at stake. God's name was at stake, man. These people were coming against the name of God. They were coming against the people of God. All right? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? All right? Go on. The people answered him in accord with this word. It says this will be done for the man who kills him. All right, so here David comes in, you know, and you know the story. He was kind of the shepherd, right? He was out back helping the flocks, and his dad sent him to the army line to give, what, bread? You watch Veggie Tales, it's not pizza, promise. They don't take pizza. They don't take pizza to the promised land. Um, that's, all, that's the old hard part about watching Veggie Tales. Your kids start mixing up, like, stories. <laughs> they start... That's, that's all you need is your, your child up here. Yeah, they, they sent pizza to the front lines. Uh, if you haven't watched Veggie Tales, this whole David and Goliath, go watch it. One of, those are my favorites. But anyway, you got to be careful not to mix up the story. But the reality is, is that, you know, he goes to the front lines, and all of a sudden he's seeing this guy come out day and night taunting the armies of the living God. He, all of a sudden something rises up in him because, We'll see in a minute. He knows his God. He knows he is, he is walking in his sphere, and he he knows exactly what he's doing and what where he's walking. Okay, but the problem is, you got like brothers and sisters. Anybody have brothers and sisters, family that they have to walk with? You know how that is sometimes, right? Right, brother. <laughs> I have my brother here. And so all of a sudden, I think, I don't know how you say it, Elam, 
Eliab. Eliab all of a sudden comes up and starts perking up. He says, he heard, now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, his anger burned against him. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Nobody wants to go face him, but all of a sudden, as soon as somebody comes up, his brother, and wants to face him, all of a sudden now he's getting angry. What, what do you, why do you think that is? I think it's because he was comparing it. All of a sudden, his brother was stepping up to the plate. His brother was walking in who he was. And all of a sudden, his brother's going, man, I'm not there. And sometimes when we're not there, that comparison can overtake the place where you, you start turning on even your own. Even, but it's, it's, it's in the heart. And we, I don't, you know, we don't do a whole lot of coming out. But sometimes you hear these things. Why have you come down? He says to David, why have you come down and with whom have you left those few sheep of yours? You know, those few sheep of yours in the wilderness? I mean, can you imagine David? I mean, this is a guy that's getting taunted by his brother in front of everybody. All right, at least, I mean, we're pretty good with one another, so we don't do a whole lot of this in front of one another. You don't do it behind my back, do you? All right, I'll just check it. <laughs> um, but the reality is, he's, he's saying this in front of me. What? Where's your little sheep? Where's those little few sheep of yours? So what do you, I mean, David has a, David has, I mean, it's the moment of truth for him, isn't it? What am I going to do? Am I going to buy into this? Am I going to, you're right. What am I doing up here? You know, I should just go home, take my pizza and go home, you know, to dad. And and the reality is, how could he stand? Because he, he did this. He went, where am I? Where's God at in this right here? Stayed in his fear. He didn't retreat back to just himself, and he didn't. He didn't start going. Well, you know, um, you know, he didn't. He didn't even have to justify himself. What would he justify himself? Well, everybody else was a man of war. He was a shepherd. I mean, where are you, you going to go with that? All right. So sometimes we start trying to justify ourselves. You don't even need to do that. You don't even have to go there because all of a sudden you're buying into the comparison when I start justifying who I am. I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart. Really? Did he? <laughs> David? Like, come on. But you have to, for you have to come down in order to see the battle. But David said, <laughs> he's like, dude, I, I, I always put it in our terms. Really? <laughs> I think that's, you know, since that term is such a funny one now. Really? I was just asking a question. <laughs> He's like, I was just asking a question. So he just turned and asked somebody else, you know. But the reality was is that he didn't he didn't buy into it. He stayed in his fear, and it's important because to stay in the sphere, you know, to face the giants, you got to stay in that sphere. There's no way to walk outside of it because you lose understanding. There's no way to walk outside of it because it's not even a portion to you. And we'll get to that in just a second, because sometimes I think we get a little bit upset with God because of what's a portion to us and what's not. Um, causes us to walk in doubt. Look at, look at this one. Then Saul said to David, uh, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight him. Why? I mean, what, was the, what was the reasoning there? Because you're just a what? Here's the youth. Oh, gosh. Here again. David's got to fight battle number two. I'm getting compared to... I'm a youth. Everybody else is of age. He was the youngest in his family. What, what's going to happen? So what happens? Is he going to buy into the comparison that even Saul, an authority in his life, these are hard right here. Anybody gotten uh, compared to in relationship to authorities in their life? Or maybe we're going to speak to that at the end. But the reality is authority in his life all of a sudden says you're not able to go. You're, you're just a youth. That's a tough one. So did he, did he, where did he go? You're right. You're right. I can't go up against him and just retreat to this. You know, I'll just stay with him, my little me, my sphere. Or am I really going to walk in the sphere that God has given me? All right. And he says what? Did you are but a youth while he has been a warrior. Youth, warrior. So what are you comparing? David said to Saul, your servant. This is a cool Saul just said, all right, well, sorry, but really, I have this under my belt already. This has already been in my sphere. 
lion said, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him. I attacked him, rescued it from its mouth. I don't know about you. I don't go chasing down bears and lions when they start coming. I mean, who wants to? But the reality is he, he did it because God, it was, in his, it was in his sphere. And God was preparing him. I seized him by the beard, struck, and killed him. Your servant was, has killed both the lion and the bear, and the uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. How could he say that? He's but a youth. He's, he's the youngest in his family. How could he say that? Because why? He's staying in the sphere. Staying in that sphere. All right? And David said, the Lord, and I just love this, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, could he say it in his own strength? Did he, did he say it because he knew that he was a skilled warrior or he was going to, he was matched up with this guy? No. We usually don't, aren't going to match up with our enemy. If we were stronger than our enemy, then what do we need God for? We need God because God in us is stronger than anything that we can come against. God in us is stronger than anything that we could do outside of that. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Okay. Then Saul said, what? All right, go and may the Lord be with you. I don't even think Saul even knew what he was saying, the Lord be with you, because all of a sudden, then he, what's the next statement? So then he starts trying to do something else. He's like, well, you really need to be prepared. You need to, you need to kind of line yourself up and be ready. So the next one, I think a lot of times in our life when we start comparing, we'll start putting on somebody else's armor. We'll start wearing somebody, we'll start, Man, if I could just memorize as many scriptures as Rick, I will have the armor that I need. Yeah. Or if I, if I, man, if I could do a prophetic word like Brandon, man, I would be on spot. Or if I could, you know, play basketball, hang out with you just like Craig was, man, could I'd be, I'd be there. So I start shoving on somebody else's armor. That's all. Of a sudden, Saul said, "Well, you can't go out there like that." Surely. So Saul clothed David with his garments, put on a bronze helmet, clothed him with armor. David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk. <laughs> he probably looked like this. <laughs> this ain't going to work, Saul. I don't think uh, I don't think Elijah's going to have much of a challenge if I wear this. Because the armor, his armor is out here. Their armor is out here with no understanding, and it's not even a portion of it. God didn't apportion Saul's armor to David. God didn't apportion Saul's armor to David. David had armor of his own. And number one, it was the Spirit of the Lord that was on him. But two, he just, what did he pick up? I cannot go with these. I've not tested them. And David took them off. I mean, remember, this is authority. He's like walking under authority, but he's also not saying he's, he's trying to walk with them. All right? And he's just, and that, that is a, that's a, that's a hard road there. He stuck his stick in his hand, chose for himself five six months, moved stone, don't say that five times real quick, and put them in the shepherd's bag. Isn't that awesome right there? Just notice that, the shepherd's bag. Put them in the shepherd's bag. I like that. So that. He was a shepherd. And he knew his fear was to be a shepherd. And what was he doing? Really, ultimately, what was he doing? He was shepherding the people of God. Already, even when he wasn't king, he was showing them how to walk and battle in this life. He's like, you're going to walk and battle in the flesh, you'll die. But he was shepherding the people of God, already showing them how to walk this thing out. Took them in his hand, uh, sling with his hand. I'm like, you know, we all, like, really? Of course, I always love Ron's statement. I was like, poor Goliath, right? God plus sling plus stones. Don't make for a good ending. Don't make it for a good ending for a giant, right? And so he uh, and he approached the Philistine. I don't know if I put the rest of it. I think I did not. But y'all know the story. Slung the sling, went embedded into his head, died, got his... But that's the reality. How did he do that? 
How did he do? How did he beat Goliath? Because he stayed here. The sphere that was apportioned to him. I, I just believe David was so confident, so so set where he was at. Now, did he have some issues that you know you find out later? He, you know, there was some of these X's for David too. And y'all, y'all knew that y'all know the results of this. They weren't pretty. But the reality is, I think he was so confident, set in who God was, and we'll kind of talk about that in just a minute. What's the, uh, the fifth thing? This is interesting. This is kind of checking out of Goliath for a few minutes. Um, this was right before that when they were trying to figure out Samuel was a judge. So they got all the, you know, Samuel, unfortunately, his bro- his sons weren't really walking with the Lord so much. And so all of a sudden Samuel, all the elders got together. Kind of sounded like they had a little powwow before they came to Samuel. Didn't really include him. Um, all of a sudden he said, he said, hey, since your sons aren't doing the job, they're not really walking, we need something else. And look at this, look at this statement that he did. Um, came about when Samuel was old. He appointed his sons judges over Israel. The name of the firstborn was Joel. The second was that dude judging him for sheep. All right, go ahead. His sons, however, did not walk in his way, turned aside, took bribes, perverted justice. So, I mean, that's, I mean, there's a reality. That's, that's huge. I mean, you don't want people in judging you that pervert justice. So, I mean, there's, there's a place that they were trying to do something good, but they were doing it. They did it the wrong way. The, all the all the elders of Israel gathered together, came to Samuel. Behold, you have grown old; your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us. What? Just like all the nations. What were they doing? Were they comparing themselves to the other nations and figuring out? Well, I kind of like that setup. I kind of like the way they're doing it, you know. But did God call them to have? Did God ultimately have the, the reality of what He was doing? Was it was? They're supposed to be a physical king for that kingdom. I don't believe so. And it turned out, I mean, God redeems things and restores things. But look at this statement. I put it in. But the thing was displeasing the sight of Samuel when they said, Give us a king. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you. All right? So there's reality. You know, God says sometimes people, they have to hear and do it. For they have not rejected you. For what? They have rejected me from being king. And that's, that, that, all of a sudden, you know, what comparison does is it takes us out of letting God be king of our life. All of a sudden, we're not satisfied with that, or we don't think that that's going to work. God, the way you, the way you set this up is not going to work, so what? I need the, I need the king. Alright? And they struggled through that first king, didn't they? Saul was quite, the, the, an interesting cat. And they struggled through that. God redeemed it in David. But the reality is, is that a lot of times in our lives we're still trying to compare ourselves with other things outside of our what? A portion spirit. And it gets us in trouble. Um, last one. This is interesting with Saul. Because it causes us to cut off relationships to protect our power or our position. Uh, David went out wherever he, wherever Saul went, sent him and prospered. Saul sent him over the men of war. It was pleasing in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. All right? It happened as they were coming. When David returned from killing the Philistine, you know, he just destroyed it. Everybody's coming back. Awesome. The women came out of the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines. So they're meeting King Saul. They weren't meeting David. With joy and musical instruments. All right? The women sang as they played. Saul has slain his thousands and David his what? Whoa, wait a second. I thought this was a song for Saul. I probably would have got a little upset at that one if I was King Saul too. If I was walking in comparison. If Saul wasn't walking in comparison, he, he could have just rejoiced. You find, you find that's hard sometimes when you start comparing yourself? Like somebody that like makes more money than you do or is in a better job or quote, quote, or uh, a better relationship or whatever. You start looking at that. You can't even rejoice for them at that point. But like, 10,000. Well, what were the 10,000? The 10,000 were the enemy of the king, the 
enemy of the, I mean, you should have been, should have been rip-roaring, excited. Dude, awesome. That's a king. I'm not supposed to kill the 10,000. That's a man of war, right? But, you know, you can't put all that. I mean, you know how it is, right? You know how that is. You don't think that stuff right off the bat, do you? Don't, don't lie. See, we all deal with this. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, man. That's the problem with comparison. You're here, right? The comparison does two things. It, well, if you operate in comparison, you can only do two things. Well, first thing. I can try to get even, which, you know, we strive to at least be there. Or I do what? Or I have to get above or below. I'm not sure. And neither one of those are great options. Even this is not a great option. Comparing is not a great option. Period. Now we have to evaluate and measure in relationship to what God is forcing for us, but not in relationship. I can't do that. I can't take Tom over here and say, man, I've I got to compare myself and be where he's at. Is he in a different state of life? Is he a different calling? Does he, does he have a different gifting? All of the above. Does he have a different wife? Does he have different kids? You know, how many of y'all get, how many parents get called in that comparison? Man, God, my kids were only that or my, you know, wouldn't that terrorize a daughter or a son trying to get them to be something or somewhere that you want them to be or would we all fall into that? I, mean, I don't think you're bad parents. Don't receive that as bad parenting. But we want to get it out. We want to start extracting. Start taking the Kayleys and saying, now, what have you called her? What have you expressed into her? What have you shown her? What have you, I want to live my life parting into her, not trying to get her to be something that I need her to be. Especially when they're young and they start, you ever been out in the, you ever been out in the store and they start like yelling or screaming or manifesting on the floor and you're like, I don't know whose kids those are. Um, you get done, just meet me over here. You know, that's what you want to do. You're like, my mind. That's because why we start all of a sudden, everything's in our face and we're all of a sudden, we're feeling all the comparison. Man, what is that? Oh my God. You know? We receive that stuff, even when it's not even spoken. Um, flip it back one time. One thing right at the bottom. They ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me, they've ascribed thousands. Now, what more can he have but the kingdom? All of a sudden, now this comparison not only has just gone past the just little. All of a sudden, now he's saying, "Man, he's gonna be after my king." You know what it what comparison does? Man, I've got to I've got to act before he acts. I've got to I've got to make myself above him before he gets above me. Can't be below, because this is what Saul was right now. He was feeling himself sliding underneath David. Because you can tell. I mean, even I mean, people were loving David. They were enjoying him. You know, all that. So Saul looked on David with suspicion from that day on. That's what comparison does. It starts throwing weird stuff into your spirit that doesn't need to be there. But you need. You can be confident in who God has called you to be. There's going to be a lot of theme of some upcoming uh, sermons and things. It's about identity, walking in who God called you to be, walking in a place of victory in that. And overcoming comparison is one of the first things, that, one of the main, uh, a big things that I have to get over. Look at this John 11. This one Rick shares a lot in that teaching, the flesh pattern. The chief priests, the Pharisees convene the council. What are we doing? For this man is performing many signs, right? He's talking about Jesus. They're looking at Jesus going, performing signs. We just want money and stuff from people. Who's going to start getting the upper hand, right? Signs and wonders, law, frustration on people, things like that. You start comparing. All of a sudden, you're like, all of a sudden, they started going, if we let him go on like this, all men will believe in him. And the Romans will come away and take what? What were they worried about? Their place and their nation. They're worried about a place or a position. Sometimes in comparison, we can do that. You know? Man, somebody starts speaking better than I do. They might get up here and start speaking. i gotta, I got to start doing something about that. 
or if somebody starts taking my job and doing it better, or you know, and you, you feel that all of a sudden that you got to walk. You got to walk outside of that because all of a sudden this body has to be about relationship. You know, we don't. We try not to even take tags of names because our delineation from anybody is a child of God. And when I look at Rick, child of God, when I look at Kathy, child of daughter of the King, I don't want to say, well, he is this, and she is that, and you are this, and you are that. That's not even what God's about. It's not what God's about. It's about you are a daughter of the King. You know. So, how do you, how do we get out of that? I mean, we, we just talked about how what things you know these six things you know can cause us to walk in fear, can cause us to walk in jealousy, doubt, start putting on somebody else's armor, a fleshly armor that's not going to work. It starts talking about, you know, we start looking outside of ourselves into the world and say, well, I like that, so I'm going to bring that into my sphere. You know, I like this part of the world, and I'll bring this into my sphere. You know, that doesn't work. It's not a portion. Um, And it also starts cutting off relationships, the very relationships God's called you to. As a as a child of God, so how do I overcome it? All right, four things. First thing is in this Second Corinthians ten thirteen. All right, we 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 kind of this is really my main point. And just think about a, a body of Christ walking in this spirit, like each person walking in their spirit. What would that look like? What would it look like for a bunch of incredibly awesome college students and interns and pre-marries to say, God, I am so fixated on Jesus that I don't have to find the relationship out here, that I can find the relationship as God continues to apportion land into my life. What would that look like? Get rid of a lot of fear? Get a a lot of anxiety? I mean, what's the pressure of the world now? By the time I get to be a senior in college, I gotta have somebody on the horizon that, or else, ah, I'm in trouble. I'll never get married. I'll never have kids. I'll never, have, you know, you run the gamut. None of y'all have gone through that, all right? Or you know, what if I don't have such and such of money in the bank by age forty? What am I gonna start preparing myself and, and living outside of that? I mean, y'all know what it is to go to like a family reunion, right? Or a class reunion. Try that one. Nah. What do you do before a class reunion? Eat as much as you can. Eat as much as you can. You know, unless you cut your hair really bad. I mean, you don't try to do that, right? Try to look the best you can. You start kind of making up your own resume. Well, you know, I, you know, you know, this is what I do. You know, try to, you know. Make it some type of engineer or something when, you know, we do that. Why? Why? Why do I, why can't I be confident if I go back to a class reunion, I can be this? Or to a family reunion, be this? That's what it does. It's like, like if I took my brother and I start comparing myself to him, you know, which I can do, and if he can do back, we can do those things. But the reality is, if I do that, I will stop stop being able to even enjoy the things that God has proportioned to me. I'll start despising even just some of that proportioned things to me. And guess what? When he is blessed, who is blessed? Me. Do I always feel that? Will people always feel that when they're in relationship to their siblings or family or or peers that you've just seen for the first time in 20 years, and you got to make a good impression. So the reality is I've got to stay in here or else what? Lack of understanding. If I'm out here, lack of understanding. If I'm out here, fear, doubt, you know, all those things rest out there. But the enemy is so sly, he gets us out there all the time, walking outside our spirit. Um, but we will not boast within our measure, but within the measure of God, of course, too. Even like this one, this isn't even in finances. I, I didn't throw it. Yeah, I did. I put it in there. I mean, look at this in this proverb. Keep deception alive far from me. That's a good thing. 
Give me neither poverty nor riches. Now, some of that kind of tweaks on some people because that, you know, oh God, I want, I want some riches. I want some. I want some of that. Definitely don't want the poverty. I mean, definitely will pray that. Don't give me poverty. Sometimes, can I really make that statement? Don't give me riches. It's all in the perspective, isn't it? Don't give me, but what? Feed me the food that is what? My portion. That's the only thing that satisfies you. That's the only thing that's going to satisfy you, is the portion that's in that sphere. Money outside of that sphere doesn't satisfy you. Makes you miserable. You know, we can keep thinking that it won't. It does. It's not got a portion. And we're going we're gonna to talk to I can feel sometimes in that, like, oh, my God, well, why is God proportioning that to that person and not to me? Because we, you know, we have the fair mentality of Christianity, right? Everything should be fair. Kind of like the, you know, let's divvy up everything. But, you know, there's the reality of that. I mean, the, um, I love Mark. We always bring that Acts 2. They were, sh- why would I want somebody else to be blessed? Because really, the body of Christ should be what? Sharing with one another. It levels out the field at that point, right? You know, the, you know, Acts 2. See the apostles came together sharing. That's not good. They're looking at a 926. <laughs> and it stayed 926. I just realized that. So. Great. I was like, man, I was doing so good. 926, time is standing still as I'm talking. This is amazing. Can we get another new battery for that before the second service? That would be helpful. So I got three points to make in like two seconds. All right, keep going. Now we need to go. God's perspective and power. Look at this, knowing God's perspective and power. And this is an interesting one the Lord just showed me. And, and I would have never picked it out, but all of a sudden the Lord just started. Because it's this whole, uh, you know, um, talking about the talents. Y'all, y'all know that story. It's just like a man going on a journey, called slaves, and trusted possessions to him. The one he gave five to another two to another one, according to his own ability, went on his journey. And I always stop there because... I'm so kind of frustrated this scripture because I'm a fair person. I like everything, everybody to have. Why can't that have always just been three, three, and three? Why? I mean, why? Why the deviation? Why is it one, two, five? Where's the three and the four anyway? You know, that's my math. All right, and, but look at this. Look at the melee. The one y'all know the story. One got five. He went out, and made five. One got two. He went out, and made five, two. The one that got one got scared, and he did what? Buried his town. Go on to the next. The one who received the five talents came up, brought five more. He would trust me with five. Came five. Master said, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a what? Come on, everybody said that. Okay, that's important. Two things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Okay? Awesome. One who had received the two talents, master, you can trust me, two talents, gain two more. His master said to him something different, right? Because he only had two and he only made two, right? Said something different to him, right? He said, what? You were faithful with a what? God doesn't really deviate between five and two, does he? Unless he's either not a good mathematician, which he is, or that is not in his perspective. He gives in relationship. That's why I can't compare myself to somebody else. I can't compare to somebody that has five because the five is different than the two, and the two that I'm making is very important. It's very crucial. That's what Rick was saying up front. You've got to walk in this place of your value in the body. Why? Because your two is important. Your five is important. I don't know what God's apportioned to you, but whatever it is, the one was important. But he got duped into feeling like what? Oh, God, what am I going to do? You know, I don't know what he was all thinking, but it wasn't good because he just buried it. And I think some God wants to dig up some talents, some, some um, spears, dig up some spears of ours that we've kind of buried and really start allowing us to walk in. All right? I've got to go. So I'm to, uh, yeah, go on. I love David's response in 27, Psalm 27. Why, how could he do Goliath? How could he face Goliath? And The Lord is my life. 
my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Evildoers come against me, devour my flesh, adversaries, enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though I, I mean, listen to what he says. A host? Anybody know what that is? How many? Two or three? No. Like thousands. Or, I don't know. But it's the host is big. I can't remember exactly the number. And I'll, maybe I'll tell that up by the next service. But, though a host encamp against me, my heart will not what? Okay, so if it's not, if he's not in fear at that point, then he is here. He's in his fear. That's the only way you can do that. All right? Though war rise against up me, this I will be what? Confident. No fear and confidence. That comes out of a place of being so secure in the spirit. All right? Keep going. I love this. The Lord, who, we already said that. The Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear. He wants, he wants for us to start overcoming the bear. We've been trying to take on Goliath. He wants to take us over the bear, the lion, and give us some momentum. And he's going to give us that place that we're taking on the Goliath of life. Um, this third one, this is interesting. Knowing what you have, uh, Ron spoke about the prodigal sons last week in, sort of in his message. But this is interesting about just knowing what we have. And this is about the older son. The older son was in the field. He came, he approached the house. He heard music dancing. He summoned one of the servants. <laughs> what's going on, dudes? Like, something's going on. Like, what's all the music and dancing for? He said, your brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he received him back safe and sound. Glory to God. Awesome. God, my brother who was lost is now back. Right? I mean, if Brand- I, mean I would hope that Brandon was lost. And he was out there living for the, the junk of the world, that would be like, sweet, awesome. Let me, let me get into some of that dancing, right? But that's not what he did. Why? Comparison had a big thing to do with that. Because he became angry and was not willing to go in. We're, we're gonna, there's, there's places of comparison that's kept us from going into relationships that we desperately need. Desperately need. But we don't think that because the heart. He answered and said, Father, look, for many years I have been serving you and I've never neglected a command. So he starts, what's he doing? Here's your son that you just threw the calf, party and all that. Here's where I'm at. Right? I've never been, I've served you and yet you have never given me. Never. Giving me a, even a what? Young goat. And I might celebrate with my friends. So what did he do? Prepared. Put himself up here. That's where he's at. He's, he's not like rejoicing with his brother. He's not putting him on the same level. When your son came and, and then, then he even just takes this knife and just does one of these, you know. <laughs> you know. He has devoured your wealth with prostitutes. Wow, that's a, little, that's a nice little jab. <laughs> And you killed the fatty calf for him? Now you got into religion. Religion has a whole lot to do with trying to make us be here. Above. Preparing ourselves and getting above. But, man, the father just, he doesn't respond to him. and He didn't, he didn't start going, like, well, no, you really have it. It's really more like this. You know, he didn't try to get him back on the same even place. He just said, dude. You have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. All that is mine is yours. So what are we comparing? Like, what are we trying to, what are we trying to gain or get when all that is his is ours? What, like, what's the purpose of comparing that at that point? There isn't one, but our fleshly response is to this. God's calling us out of that. He's going to. Last thing, no one is in the mirror, the glory of God. But we, with all the unveiled face, beholding in the mirror the glory of the Lord, you're transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So what's in the mirror? The Lord just told me to do this. All right? You've got to bear with me. All right? I'm going to test some of you real quick. All right? You've got to look at me now. Just don't be turning your heads or ducking behind the... Can y'all sit? Don't be ducking behind your chair now. 
Be holding as in I'm what? Here. The glory of the Lord. What's what's the first response there? What I want to know what your first what was in here? Right? I mean come on, be honest. Wasn't that? Don't, don't shoot. They're seeing me. They're right. I'm, in the, I'm in the picture. I'm before people. I'm up front now, aren't you? Aren't you up front? I can bring everybody up front by just doing this right here. That's awesome. I think we need one of these every Sunday. So you get to you can be up here front while I'm speaking. Right? But what do we what do we usually tag ourselves with? Look at this next scripture. Um, one thing that I've asked from the Lord, this is what we should be seeing, seeing that I made, this is what the, uh, David saw. What did he see when he saw the mirror? What was his goal? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Behold the what? To behold the what? Beauty of the Lord. Look at this next one in Isaiah. For Zion's sake, I'm not going to keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness. This is your this is your destiny. This is my destiny. That your righteousness does what? It's forth like brightness, salvation like a torch that is burning. The nations will see your righteousness and all the kings your glory, and you will be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will designate. You will also be a what? Crown of beauty. That's you guys. It's not talking about me. It is talking about me. But it's talking about us. It's not talking about just me. And a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Now notice this. It will no longer be said of you what? So if it's no longer being said of you, then why are you saying it? Why are you saying it? Uh, my, no, nor to the land any longer be called what? Some of us have been doing this in America. Yeah, forsaken, desolate. Leah got another one. That I didn't get a chance to. Uh, not really. And it really went along with this flaw. Not sure if that's how you spell that, but that's going to be the best I can do. All right? Flaw. So when we look in the mirror, what do we see? Not what God sees. Not what God's called us to. Now, what even God's declared even over us. But what has he said? So what do I see? Does that make you feel better? Like when I do this now, I just I want to see. We're going to respond again. What is that? Do you feel a little bit more at peace now? Feel like you're not on the spot. But do you see this? Do you see this? Is this what you look like in the mirror? That's what God's saying. To be going from glory to glory, we've got to get to a place where. I, that's what I see. That's what I see when I go, when I stand before you. I've got to know that I'm the glory of the Lord, beauty of who He is. Not because I'm arrogant or prideful, because that's who God said I am. And that's who God said you are. And a lot of us have retreated back into this place. God has apportioned all this to us, but we're still we're kind of like right here because we don't see God, us as God sees. If I see as God sees, I take the lions and the bears. I take the Goliath. Right. I'll add a G to that. I take on the Goliath. Right. And I'm not comparing myself. I'm not saying, man, I wish my sphere extended over there or extended over there. Isn't that tiring? Isn't that tiring to get to a place that you, like, number one, you're, it's not even a portion to you, but even when you get there, it doesn't even satisfy you. That's tiring. And that's where God wants to take us to places in our heart that 
I'm prepared. But I, I mean, it's hard staying up here when you walked with the the man of God for a long time. Since we described that earlier, 17 years, and you've heard him speak thousands of times. And you probably haven't heard me speak a ton. But sometimes, I, if I compare myself to him, then what happens? Back down. I retreat. I think, well, gosh, what am I doing? Am I doing that all right? Or you know? And then we get. What do you get? You get like you, you, you freeze in life, and, and all of a sudden, that's what you just think. And God's wanting to bring people out. The Lord said, um, "Don't get these right here, so these are the last days." Three things, and then I'll uh, Rick might have some stuff to add to it in relation to response. Three things the Lord said. Some of you have been compared by an authority or a spouse or someone significant saying you need to be more like your brother, more like your sister, more like someone else. I wish you were more like. And that has put you on a track of performance and trying to live outside your sphere, trying to go places you were never called to be, live, live out a life that you were never called to live. God's saying God wants to break that off of you so that you could enter back in the sphere. Because in the sphere there's rest. You know. David was a man of war, but he was a man, he knew how to rest in his God. And that's him. To be able to make this, do the things he did and make proclaim the things he did. Um you that's the first thing. You've been compared by an authority or somebody significant in your life, maybe like mom or dad or grandparents or whatever. Second thing is you've been sectioned off to a sphere of self because you've been comparing yourself to everyone else and that has put you at a place of defeat and the low man on the totem pole. And you've got the stick in the, you know, the, I got the short end of the stick deal. That's what, that's where that leads. I just got the short end of the stick. And Brandon got all the athletic ability. Mike got all the athletic ability. They got this. They got that. Where does that lead? I just got the short end of the stick, right? Uh, and you're the low man on the totem pole, and you're trying to go up against standards, um, not even necessary to someone, but rather some religious or worldly standard that you got to live up to. And you and you've compared yourself to that standard, and you, you can't match up. You don't match up, and you felt condemnation. Felt striving a lot in your life. That's the second one. Just breaking off the sphere of getting out of the, the, the smaller sphere of self. I've got to get. I've got to deal with that so that I can get to the sphere that God has created for me. And out of this place of comparison, you've been sorry. Third one. But out of the place of comparison, you've been striving after some standard that you cannot reach. And you probably will never reach. And even if you think you reach a portion of that. And some of you know, you get there and then you're like, what is this? What, like, what was this for? And, why did I? and I just want to ask God to begin to break those off so that we can just live as men and women, sons and daughters. And whether we're an engineer or whether we're a pastor or whether we're a teacher or whether we're, you go down the line, that the fives and twos and ones don't matter anymore. I am secure in my sphere, and I am investing in the sphere that God has apportioned to me, and I'm making a turn. That's, that's all of it was about. God, God wasn't even worried. You know, with the one, he didn't say, I wanted you, I really wish you'd have made one of that. He said, if you had just stuck with him today, you'd have made it. So it's not, it's not like God's trying to, I need something out of you. Just invest, just invest your life in loving people. And you'll have an incredible return at the end of your life. And so I just want to encourage you three, just three responses. If you're compared by a significant other, I wish you were like somebody else, you need to come and get healing for that. And break that off. And you've been sectioned off to that sphere of self, and, and you're not able to get into that other sphere. Uh, and now this place of comparison, you've been striving after some place.
Oh, my. And so, um, do we have anything? It's still 926, by the way, so we're good. The time. Nobody? Fret? Um, and really, we only we have a few minutes. But, uh, yeah, those are awesome things. A lot of stuff that I've never heard before. I know you didn't get it from me. <laughs> but there's a couple things that as Mitch was teaching, the Lord was just bringing up in my heart. Well, the first thing was is he brought up this passage in Matthew 25, the parable of the talent. And, you know, it's interesting how God says he gave five, three, to another, five, to another, three, to another, one. Each he gave to his own ability. And then when he started giving the rewards, he gave five, five. I mean, he, no, 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 I'm sorry. He gave the five, you know, and he gave a reward. And the one to three he gave, the same that he gave the five. And I was just, well, Mitch spoke that about God's economy, you know, how I put you in charge of a few things, and but you'll be given many things. But I got thinking about the one. Why did he bury it? Do I? He was afraid. And he got intimidated. I think he really he saw the five dude and the, the two dude, and who am I? I got one. So he buried it. But the guy with the two didn't compare himself to the guy with the five. He did, he went for it, and he he operated according to that which God had gave him. And uh, and I think God's just calling us, you know, not to compare and to bust out. Now, there's another thing that the Lord has put on my heart. What if you have compared? Well, you know, God has called us to live according to His glory. What what is sin? For all have sinned and fall short of the what? Glory of God. Glory what? God's thought. Let's put it on the mirror. Thoughts, opinions, and recognition. God's thoughts and opinions are recognition of who we are. And so if we compare, we violate that very thing which God has created us for. So what have you done that? In any way, shape, or form. Simple thing. Sin? What? What do we do with our sin? Confess our sin? And he's faithful and just to forgive us. Because if you do not, Satan will do is he'll take that and he'll accuse you before God in heaven. And there he will have power to bring that which you have confessed into your life on into you. You will be tempted in the very thing that you have compared. And it will bring you down. David didn't buy that. And that's why David succeeded. And if you've done that, simple confess but then you need to rebuke the lie that god that you have confessed and you need to confess the truth because minus lies do not set you free what is it that sets you free the truth and so um and i just really just spoke into my heart somebody needed to hear this one thing need to hear about the somebody feels like the one out there and god's saying not a one in my mind that's not your destiny Destiny is many things. The same as the five and the two. Same destiny. And the destiny of the one was the same as the five. My destiny is the same as Billy Graham. I claim it. Jesus' name. So, uh, yeah. I think we want to just, uh, we just all stand. I'm just going to close with a prayer. Unfortunately, like I said, I kind of went long. I'll get a battery in the clock. The next service will try to be a little bit quicker. Um, so I'm just going to pray, and, and, and I'm going to release you guys. I'm going to get Mike to continue to play. There's going to be a few of us that can stay. Some of my uh, life group leaders and some of my leaders, please just stick around. I just encourage you, don't go out the door if, if you've been living in that place. God, God wants to bring release, release. So, Lord, I just pray, even as I'm speaking right now, release, Lord God, release, release in relationship to comparison, God. Release, God. Lord, a lot of us have been just walking in the economy of this world, economy of just comparing to this world. We 
We've gotten the fives, the twos, and the ones mixed up, God. We just we think we need to be one or the other. And God, you're just saying, nah, just whatever you have, give. Whatever you have walked in, just break out of so that you can continue just to walk in that spirit. God has apportioned it to you. So, Lord, I just pray that. I pray that every man and woman walk out and child will walk out that door knowing that just your portion, beginning to feel uh, so confident in who they are that they can start seeing the sphere. And Lord, sometimes it's not all tangible because I, I, I can't box God in. I can't box myself in either, God. God, you want to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I can ask for things. So it's not a box. It's the sphere that you're going to continue to create. And you're taking land, taking land in our hearts, taking land back that the enemy has stolen and you're expanding land because we are believing we're just walking in this place of belief of who we are as sons and daughters. Lord, I just want to confess that of my brothers and sisters, believing that, God, they're going to walk in a new victory this week. You're going to walk in a place that all of a sudden they're going to go, oh, man, that's, wait, that's comparison. That, that is what that comparison is doing. Because it's deceptive, God. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name you break off deception that, that the enemy is kind of just kind of cloaked that comparison in religion or cloaked it in something that um, we can kind of justify, then, Lord, you would just break that off. You would just show it. Lord, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for, God, just your worship, your kingdom, your power. It goes forth in your word, God. It's just your word. That's what brings us freedom. What brings us freedom is your word and living, that living word, that relationship word that's in Lord, I just pray you would go in relationship that you would just do these things in relationship to these things. God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. I just encourage you, we'll be up front. Um, I'm going to go ahead and release you because we need to get some people that are not getting ministered to. Uh, we can go ahead and get get going so I don't we don't totally cram up the uh, parking lot. But I'd like for you to come forward. Don't leave if God's saying we got, we'll have some ministers for the kingdom of